Hey, Colin. Uh, yeah, Cadence. Do you like media and entertainment that's badass? <laughs> Durr. Do you like media and entertainment that's bitchin'? Uh, yeah. And how about a little bonkers? Uh, hails, yeah, throw that in there. Then I think you might like this thing called the B-Watch Rewatch. Oh, God. Are you trying to <laughs> promote the podcast I'm actively doing with you right now? <laughs> a little busy working. <laughs> cool intro. All right. Well. Let's get started. Let's get into it, guys. <laughs> Welcome. Hi. Welcome to episode three of We Watch, Be Watch. The Weak Link. That's the episode name. <laughs> We're not weak links. <laughs> and I find that title very offensive because there are no weak links in this group. Yeah, who knows know what they're talking about. We all know that there are no lifeguards in this elite team of Galveston <laughs> and Australia that are weak. Well, and maybe. We'll- Maybe Allie. <laughs> Her knee is the weak link. <laughs> Her osteoporosis is the weak link. Oh, we love you, Allie. Um, all right. Recapping of last episode, it was, again, Sean Monroe building his elite team. It was lots of trials and tribulations that they went through. Um, and I think we all remember that iconic ending where they somehow <laughs> swam across a sunk- sunken ship and someone's trapped inside. And who do they find inside? Mitch. It was Mitch. So To teach them a meta lesson about lifeguarding. That was... Cadence and I are still upset about they it. They should have freaking packed up their flippers and gotten the hell out of there. <laughs> that was a, like, a human rights violation. Ugh, that was awful. That was, I, was I would have so reported mad. that to HR. I would have so bad reported that to HR. I'm we almost died in the middle of the ocean trying to save someone. Mitch. But you know what? I'm not an elite lifeguard, so... We don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's why. All right. This episode, as we said, is called Weak Link, and we are basically joining the crew, the elite lifeguard crew, JD, Jason, Jesse Oak, Koa, Ali, Sean Monroe. They are at a pool. An Olympic-sized massive swimming an pool. An Olympic-sized massive swimming pool. And we meet a character <laughs> that is one of the best. She's Ooh. iconic. Little sexy minks, if you will. This is Dawn Masterton. Hello, everyone. Dawn's going to be joining our team. She comes from the University of Florida, where she's a specialist in the human body. Physiology, kinesiology. She's going to make us stronger, faster, better. We're going to do some hypoxic training. Some of you are probably familiar with the concept. Basically, with repetition, hypoxic training teaches the body to function effectively using less and less oxygen. Underwater, especially in big wave conditions, there are obvious advantages when your body can better utilize the limited oxygen supply in your lungs. It gives you more time underwater, and lives can depend on those additional seconds. A perfect example is when I'm at rest underwater, I can hold my breath for 3 minutes and 22 seconds. Now, if I swim as fast as I can, that same supply of oxygen wouldn't last me 30 seconds. So, the critical choice I must make is how fast do I swim? How long do I choose to make my oxygen supply last in order to save the drowning victim or stay under the wave 
and get to the victim. Choice. Her name is... Dawn. Dawn Masterton. Dawn Masterton. Okay. And that is not... What is it? A coincidence? Her last name? No. No. And she's telling the team... (laughs) All puns intended. (laughs) Every pun there is with Masterton. talking to the team about how she's basically like a PhD in oxygen. Like she came from the University of Florida. She's um, from the Stephen Hawking Department of (laughs) Air Supply. Air Supply with laying underwater studies with my uh, breath held. And so she's talking to the team like... I, I didn't know if you guys know this, but if you hold your breath underwater, you start losing oxygen. And you will run out of air and, and you will die. Did you know that? And the team is like, uh, what? They're like baffled. They're by this. watching her with the most intense eyes, just nodding their heads emphatically, <laughs> like, what? yeah, I. I do oh. run out of oh. air when I'm swimming. <laughs> what was that? I never had the words before. So Don is like, we're going to do a couple of exercises, right? We're going to prove, I'm going to prove to you. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm going to prove to you that you can run out of oxygen underwater. And these exercises are called hold downs. <laughs> it sounds safe. Hold downs. That's it's lifeguard lingo. Get used to it. While you might be thinking that it involves someone um, committing attempted homicide, <laughs> it's not. It just ends up that it's swimming, swimming laps underwater like a dolphin with your flippers and goggles um, back and forth as many times as you can. So it's not freestyle swimming. There's no turning your head to the side for air with this business. You are completely submerged. Half mermaid, half dolphin, just swimming in one fluid motion back and forth. Those are hold downs, I guess. And Um, it's funny because Jason pops up and he's like, I did run out of air. Like, he looks so shocked that it happened. Also, Don's like, I don't have to do these hold downs. I'm teaching them. And Sean's, the hard ass that he is, is like, nope, you're getting right in there with Oh, them. yeah, totally. She thinks she's there to kind of coach them through this. And he's like, um, nope, there's only one Mm-mm. master of this elite team, and it's me. <laughs> I know. There's only one master, Masterton. <laughs> the only master for you is your last name. <laughs> so they're all going with their hold downs. And we notice that Dawn's getting a little breathy. Right. The and queen not in of a, oxygen is not getting in a good a, way. And not in a good way. And all of the sudden, she goes full all of the dead sudden, body poop float. Complete, complete nothingness. She's just dead man floating. But because this is Baywatch Hawaii, you're like, is this a meta exercise? Are we getting Mitch 2.0'd here? Because last time we trusted that there was an emergency. If Dawn rips off her face and we it's Mitch, <laughs> I'm going to be so mad. Charlie's Angel style. There's it's just a full. silicone mask. <laughs> this was not about me blacking out. This was about the team. The teamwork. She blacked out. Yes, 
breathing and she's got her pulse. Just give her some room. Hey, you blacked out. Whoa, take a minute. I'm fine. Do we go again? No, we're through with this. Blacked. I think Baywatch Hawaii has a really hard time understanding what a blackout is versus right. just drowning. Because she blacks out, <laughs> which is, at that point, your body just goes into preservation mode. So it would immediately want to take a breath of air because it doesn't know you're underwater. But instead, her blackout is conveniently like she's able to hold her breath and continue Still floating. Float. <laughs> and then they do CPR on her and they're like, wake up, Dawn. And she like doesn't spit up water, doesn't cough anything. She opens her eyes, perfect makeup. Her first comment is, let's go again. Let's go again. What? Did I? I didn't pass out. What are you talking about? She tried so hard to gaslight them. She's just like, no, guys, I was just taking a water nap. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I told you, but I'm a PhD with air. And so, like, I know everything. (laughs) I can hold my breath for three minutes and 22 seconds. That's an advanced step called the water nap. And I had at least 23 seconds left. It's fine. You guys, when you're in as advanced as me, you're going to know how to do it. Let's just go again. No big deal. You never saw this. It's okay. It was just a nap. It's because she feels like a silly goose. You come and teach oxygen, and then you run out of oxygen. Right. What a uh, goose move. What a she goose feels like move. a moron. You've got to have a little bit of compassion for Dom. I would feel like such a silly goose. <laughs> Everyone's like, sure, Dom, you passed out. Right. Oh, sorry, blacked out underwater. Blacked out. Blacked out. You didn't drown. <laughs> <laughs> no. She doesn't. She can't drown. Because she has perfect control <laughs> of her oxygen deposits and withdrawals from the bank of lung. And I think Dawn's going to be a reoccurring character. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. I know, it's been so long, is, but I, I do remember she, her sticking around. I remember her being quite a little scandalous character. You know, it was funny because until this episode started and I saw her like ray of sunshine face... I don't know how I forgot because she is the sole um, perpetrator of one of our favorite scenes of all times, which mm. will not be disclosed at this moment. So I couldn't believe that I forgot about her. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, my brain was like in self-preservation mode because it was too good. And it was like, you can't think about that all the time or the rest of your life will just feel like a black mass of nothingness. So I couldn't access that divine memory until I saw her. So as far as I remember, she is around for a while, if not indefinitely. Now, different day, different time. We are again seeing Hawaiian Airlines. We all know how they love Hawaiian Airlines. They're not subtle at all, but that's who they're sponsored by. They're sponsored 100% Hawaiian Airlines. everywhere in the background. And we see a little boy coming off of a plane with a uh, stewardess. Oh, no. You don't call them stewardess anymore. Oh, flight attendants. Flight attendants. I don't know if stewardess is the right... Is that offensive now? Yeah, I think I it's... Know. I mean, I think it's outdated. Oh, outdated. Because so it's both attendant. men and women are now flight attendants. And stewardess implies feminine. Oh, good to know. Welcome to Hawaii. Mahalo. You know, I'm meeting my dad out here. You're... Yeah. Um, we're going to go camping, surfing... Fishing, horseback riding, oh my god, and everything. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna have the biggest, best adventure ever. My dad's a lifeguard. There he is. Dad, dad. Hey, you. <laughs> what did you do to your hair? Uh, I woke up one morning and it was this way. Oh, I miss you. Come here. Oh. Aloha, buddy, and welcome to Hawaii. Cool. Thanks. Dad, this is Carla. Hey. Hi. Hope it wasn't too much trouble for no, you. No, he was great. 
made the flight go faster for everyone, and I love your hair. Thank you. Hey, it looks like you made it pretty fun, huh? Yeah, I tried to talk her into having dinner with you, Dad. You did? Yeah. She gave me her phone number. She did. But I told her you'd be too busy with me. So, this little boy is meeting Mitch at the bottom. Of the tarmac. At the tarmac, because no. you can just wait. I don't know if you guys know this. You Not can just at the wait bottom of the planes. sea or the bottom yeah. of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> you can just wait for planes to land, and you can go right out. There's no, like, a terminal or anything. Mm-mm, you just nothing. go straight onto the tarmac. And he's there waiting for him. This is the 90s, though, so maybe you could yeah. do that. And we learned that this little boy, his name is Tanner, and apparently it's Mitch's son. Right, so he adopted Tanner from the Junior Lifeguard Club back in L.A. He was apparently (laughs) being raised or not being raised by a couple of derelict parents. And so Mitch has taken him on. But we have to wonder if he's arriving on a plane from L.A. Like, who's taking care of him? doesn't have parents. (laughs) Like, if Mitch is in Hawaii... Who's and been? Tanner's in LA. Who's Who's the else has he been with? Mitch has already bitched about everyone in his life. He does not have a girlfriend he or a wife. Have anybody? He does not have anybody. And um, so, yeah, that leaves you wondering, like, who the hell is taking care of this? Yeah, kid? we're three episodes in, and where has Tanner been? Although, I mean, maybe if he lived by his wits before, he's just under an underpass, and he's like, "I got this. I'm good. Like, come back when you're ready." <laughs> <laughs> and. They walk up on the tarmac right next to the plane. That I mean, Tanner he's got also like of. nine. He's he's like nine years old, Tanner, and he's Just... got some sweet bleach tips. And they get off this airplane, and right down the tarmac, guess who's waiting for them? Ready to fly the skies in her helicopter. Freaking Allie, because you don't have Allie. a friend with a hundred and two years of flight experience <laughs> without using her to take your nine-year-old, almost adopted son Tanner on a flight around. Also, if the island. you. Yeah, I just have a lot of questions about the adopted son, but maybe it'll come back. No, come on, the taxi's on the No, 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 that's not the kind of cab we're taking. Huh? That's the kind of cab we're taking. Awesome! Come on! Hey! Hey! Allie Reese, I'd like you to meet Tanner Sloan. Hello, Tanner. Thanks for this. Oh, it's my pleasure. Allie, aren't you a lifeguard? Yes, I am. But in Australia, lifeguards are all volunteers. So if I'm going to stay here, I have to have a job too. Flying this? Part-time. Too cool. (laughs) I'm riding this one off as a training flight. Awesome. Let's do it. Okay. We have so many questions about Tanner and why he's just now showing up. But you don't have time to think about any of those questions. Because they immediately get in the airplane, or I keep saying airplane, helicopter, and they're ready. And as they're in the helicopter, we have this woman at the bottom of the beach. So when you know it, me conveniently, <laughs> there happens to be there is never a, a moment. helicopter full of two elite lifeguards flying over you at that moment, taking a tour of the beach. You are never off as a lifeguard. And so this woman's flagging down the Ali Reese's helicopter with Mitch and his son Tanner in it. And they land just conveniently on the beach. <laughs> Just land a helicopter on the beach. She just lands that bird so soft. I see it. All right, get me down there. You got it.
operating. Oh my god! Get back, get back. No pulse, begin CPR. One, two, three, four, five, breathe. One, two, three, four, five, breathe. Yeah, that's it. Easy. Easy. Take it easy. Alright, that's it. That's it. Thank God, Jerry. Right. Thank God. Oh, thank God, Jerry. Jerry, I'm so glad you're okay. I told that girl you'd save her friend. And there's this woman who's an extra, and man, she is acting her heart out. Help You'll hear me. the pain in her voice. Help me, my friend is drowning. Please but at- help. It's monotone, but the highest level you can deliver it. <laughs> help me, my friend is drowning now. And she's just... She's underwater, help! Screaming in their face. And his... So Mitch immediately, because no lifeguard is ever off duty... Never. We learned that. Episode rips one. Rips off his Hawaiian shirt. first 30 seconds of episode one. You don't <laughs> yeah. even have time to be introspective. Exactly. There's always someone drowning. Rips off his Hawaiian shirt, gets his cargo pants ready to go in. And his son on the beach is telling this woman, like... Hey, guess what? My dad's an elite lifeguard. My dad is, like, he's really strong. And he's really, like, trying to, like, be this weird nine-year-old wingman <gasps> to his dad. Maybe he's been a gigolo Why this streets. girl? <laughs> why this girl's friend is the drowning? a nine-year-old gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just being so weird. Sit down. And then... Right, he's... Because it's... It's he's like overly confident and overly like um affectionate. So he's like, This is a woman he's never met before whose friend is drowning. And he's random. literally rubbing her arm and he's like, Oh, my dad's a master lifeguard. And she's like, Kid, don't give my a shit. My friend's drowning right now. Save you and all your lady friends, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like it's so weird. His the tone is weird. All right, and then Mitch comes up. Obviously, do you think Mitch is going to let someone drown? Never. So he obviously saves her, does swimming CPR. Runs with his sweet cargo pants. And then Allie eventually, I guess she had to park the bird, put it in reverse. She (laughs) she finally gets down there to help a little bit. The helicopter's in neutral, just over the the crest at the beach. Just let, keep her running. (laughs) All right, so. So after the excitement of the day at the pool. Well, and the helicopter landing. Oh, geez. And the helicopter rescue. Later that night, we're visited by two people and... Two silhouettes. Two silhouettes. One is in a kimono. (laughs) A beautiful, flowy kimono. Right. It's It's nighttime. The moon is out. It's reflecting off the water. And you see two silhouettes. One is a kimonoed silhouette. One is a shirtless silhouette. And it becomes clear that these two silhouettes... Are JD and Don. JD and Don. And, and plot twist. Here's a little something. They know each other. Thanks for meeting me. I couldn't believe it when you stepped out of the pool. What are you doing here anyway? And how did you arrange this? Through one of the international organizations. I'm sort of on loan. Dawn, this is not your type of gig. This is a very structured, motivated, disciplined team. This guy, Sean, he's tough. I miss you, JD. Let's get out of here and get a room. Dawn, I'm involved with someone. 
You still haven't been able to separate emotion from what's otherwise purely physical. Probably just as well. JD, no one on Team Baywatch can know about us. Yeah, I got that message at the pool. Anytime you need to talk about anything, you know I'm right here for you. Okay, so from that clip, you can clearly see that Donna's here to stir the pot a little bit. She, remember earlier I said a little comment about her being a little minxy? Right. A little minxy. And she's sitting here rubbing up on JD's body. She's telling him she wants to go to the room with him, but that nobody can know about them. Sending really mixed signals. Right. She's all over the map. And it's. I think that this clip is necessary to understanding her frame of mind, she is all over the place. And it may feel like that clip is hodgepodge together, like we cut stuff together and stuck it all together. It's not. That's from beginning to end. You can see she's sending mixed messages. The she, dialogue is in this show is never fails. So she immediately leaves the beach, moonlight conversation with JD of mixed messages, immediately walks into Sean's room. And the following conversation happens. This conversation is going to be a little bit longer than usual, but we feel it's necessary for you to get to kind of understand, A, the great writing of the show, the great dialogue, the acting, and also just to get a little bit into Dawn's head, because we don't really know what's going on with her. When the others arrived, they were given an orientation, right? Right? That's right. You told them what was expected, set up some ground rules. I did. I didn't get the benefit of that. One thing I don't have time for is excuses. I went from the airport to the swimming pool after a 14-hour flight from Sri Lanka, before which I had taken serious quantities of a native antihistamine after being bitten by a green Lamica spider. I was sandbagged. Now, I assume tomorrow you were going to tell me I was no longer part of the team. You are a bona fide hard ass. That's great. But what I want to know is, are you also fair? No, but if you want another chance, we can go back in the pool in the morning. Done. You and me. I lose, I go home. And Dawn, next time, if there is a next time, you come to my office, not my bedroom. Don't worry. I will never be in this room again unless I'm invited. I came here because I think this training center can make a difference. I want to be part of that difference. Part of something good and valuable, positive, something that helps people. I'm here to be useful in any way I can. You know, in addition to a degree in kinesiology, I've studied in India and learned amazing things about how to achieve the potential of the human body. Amazing. Thanks. That you have. So from that clip, I don't know. She's just all over the place. I don't get it. She goes straight from JD being like, I want to have sex with you. Don't tell anybody about us. Anytime you need anything, you can't even talk about anything but feelings. Like, it's bizarre. And then she walks straight into Sean and being like, I want to be a part of this team. But I was supposed to be a coach, but I'm not part of this team. Yeah, and also, didn't she come from Florida, but she says she came from Sri Lanka? What right. was she doing in Sri Lanka? Sean introduces her as 
University of Florida, Stephen Hawking, chair of air and oxygen supply. She was supposed to be like this coach that was running drills with them earlier, but now she feels like she's kind of like begging to be on the team. Right. And at that, by the end of the conversation, she's so desperate. She was like, I will be useful in any way. Yeah. Like Like if people just need me to give them (laughs) sexual gratification so they can focus on their jobs, I will do it. She will show her. Kinesthesiology degree from kinesiology? India. Kinesiology? <laughs> no, she says kinesthesiology. It's, it's kinesiology. It's a real thing. No, I know. It's the move, movement of your body. It's kinesiology. But I kept, it sounded like different. Kinesthesiology. Kinesthesiology. And she is, has it from India, and she's just going to be the toss around little sex doll for the group. Right. She's like, if you need me to be the equivalent of a sex doll, I will do it. I just want to be a useful part of this team. I know so many things about the human body. She comes off really confident, but then she's like begging. It's and, weird. And, and she's like, I will never come into this bedroom again. And then she immediately, you guys, she walks at that point, she's walking into the bedroom to hit on Sean. I it's will so never weird. come in this bedroom again unless I'm invited. But let me walk in real quick and sit on your bed while you're in your bedroom slacks doing your work. Right. He, you can tell he's doing um, very intense administrative work because he's in his work slacks. <laughs> no shirt, though. But never a shirt. He doesn't need a shirt ever. Okay. Later, I guess, assuming the next day, we get introduced to the our, the team is together. Kakoa, Jesse O, and JD all of a sudden okay. has this bizarre... We need to familiarize ourselves with the local beaches. JD has the assignment. You're going to work a regular shift with the local lifeguard. I kind of have a situation. What kind of situation? I ran into a friend of mine from UCLA, Cal Thomas. He's here with the America's Cup boat, Abracadabra. Anyway, one of the crew dropped out, and Cal's got me a tryout. When? Today. They'll probably fill it with someone from the mainland, but it's America's Cup, man. Make us proud. (laughs) It's like... Be on the America's Cup team. Because I guess without any explanation at all, we learned that not only is he on the most elite lifeguard team in the world, he's also an Olympic. America's Cup's like sailor. Sailor. Cool. He's like, oh, one, some one guy got sick and they asked me and I'm like, you have to train for years for that. But cool. Whatever. You're just going to jump in and take it. Got it. Now, the same day, we're later at the beach back with Tanner and Mitch. And I don't want to question Mitch, Mitch's parenthood or, like, what his, you know, rules and how he does it are. Right. I mean, he's already successfully raised Hobie, so. Right. He did. He's an experienced but parent. he kind of just takes Tanner to the beach and is like, well, okay, well, you're Fantastic. here. The water's so beautiful. All the different colors. Unreal. Hey, Rock. Hey. Rock, I'd like you to meet my son, Tanner. Tanner, this is Leon Keawayamahi. We call him Rock. Hey. What's up, Tanner? Check the surf. There's a little swell. Looks good. Yeah. Want to go out? Yeah, but I don't have my board. Well, I got one you could use. Would that be all right? Absolutely. Cool. I'll be right back. Mahalo. All right. I got to go fill out an incident report. You can go out. Staying close. Serious rips out there. It's not like a surf in LA, okay? Okay. Ding. I guess he has to work. And so without any knowing anybody, without assigning anybody to look after Tanner, without coming up with a meeting time, without coming up with a time frame. He's just like here, you're at the he beach. Sends leaving a here. nine-year-old into the ocean. 
with no supervision for an unidentified amount of time. Probably a full work day. Eight hours he's stuck on that beach. Just... No phone. Nothing. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See you later. But, I mean, Tanner was also neglected, I guess, before he joined the junior junior lifeguard. So maybe he's like, I'm good. Just give (laughs) give me an overpass. I'm okay. I'll be okay for a while. Then we cut to a scene between Don and Jesse O. And this is the first time that they're alone together. And, like, meeting, meeting. Hey, I brought you your equipment bag. Has like your fins and your goggles and Nextel. This is really, really cool. This is both a cell phone and a two-way radio. It's Jesse, right? That's right, Jesse. Owens, Jesse Owens, like the runner? (laughs) Exactly, like the runner. Anyway, these phones tie us all together. All you have to do is highlight who it is that you want to talk to and then hit this button right here on the side. I love that sound. It's just like Star Trek. Hey, Don, what's up? Okay, he knows it's you because it has caller ID and your name appears in the window. Hey, Jason, it's Jesse. Where are you at? Oh, Jess. Um, just watching the water at Waikiki, right in front of the Hilton with uh, Allie and Brian. Hey, Jess. Hey, Jess. Hey, you guys. Sounding good. I'll catch you later. All right, over. You can also get the Coast Guard, the uh, Fire Rescue, Honolulu Police, or use it like a regular cell phone. Cool. All right? You guys are a pretty tight group. Are we? For someone just coming in. Hmm. Actually, we're still all a bunch of strangers. Well, except you and JD. Yeah. Except for me and JD. Uh, don't worry. He's not my type. <sighs> wow. Lucky for me. I didn't mean it the way it came out. Good. Go ahead, Don. What do you need? I just wanted to see if this thing works. It's working fine. Thanks. And within 30 seconds, Don insults Jesse at least four times. <laughs> she is doesn't need any time. I think to she's kind of business. I think she kind of knows that Jesse is the one that's dating JD, but she just right. like has a little hinkling, maybe because they look identical. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we're definitely both his type. (laughs) (laughs) They are both blonde hair, blue eyes, slender lifeguards. And like I said, we don't usually describe the people's looks on this, except for Jason looking like a human. A goddess. God. Whatever. And, but if you look at Dawn, she just always has this look like she has a little secret. Like she's very like got this kind of pursed lips, kind of like rolly eyes look. So she's always she's kind a, of one eyebrow raised, one eyebrow raised, her lip like, curled. Mm, what are you doing? I'm so cool. So I just wanted to really emphasize that because in every conversation, she looks like she's about to take off your clothes or maybe she's undressing you with her eyes. Right. Well, she has, um, she learned in Sri Lanka how to undress people with her mind. <laughs> and she's teaching Jesse, or sorry, Jesse's teaching Dawn how to work a cell phone. Like, a, not even a cell phone, a walkie-talkie. It's like, well, it's a cell phone and a walkie-talkie combined. And so as it's soon as- this very interesting scene where Jesse's like, the inter- like teaching her the intricacies of how to call <laughs> someone on a walkie-talkie. And um, as soon as Jesse leaves... Oh, yeah. The first person she calls is Sean. Obviously. 
And she's immediately sending him messages like, oh, just wanted to make sure that I could catch you on this channel anytime. Thanks. But also, they're supposed to have a swimming pool fight later today. Oh, that's right. So Meet you, prepping. pool leader. Maybe she's just getting ready. She's getting into his head. That's what she's doing. Because <laughs> she's a shitster. <laughs> she's shit like, oh, remember me? I will meet you in the pool later. And guess what? No spider bite this time. Now we're on the beach with Tanner as he's been roaming the beach for hours because <laughs> he has he, no supervision. As he's just doing his thing. And he meets this girl and she's very Blue Crush style surfer girl. She's maybe 13. Mm-hmm. She has a really wicked surfer with a terrible shirt. It's so long on the board. That was sensational. Sorry if I wasn't supposed to say that. Say whatever you want. I didn't mean to jinx you or anything. I don't know the local customs. Local customs? Where do you think you are? Mars? Forget I said anything. I just thought it was a great ride. Are you going out? Is it safe? What are you afraid of? Creatures with blonde hair, sharp tongues. Sorry. Come on, I'll get you in the lineup. Awesome. Are you coming? And Tanner strikes up this conversation and he's like, can I go out and surf with you? And she's like, no. And she's just kind of being a little brat. But then she kind of is like, Okay, just come with me. And she's, it's weird. He's nine, maybe eight, and she's like 13. And he doesn't have a father around. She doesn't know, like, no parents are around in this situation at all. So both of them are together on surfboards in the ocean with no supervision, nothing. No one knows anybody parental figure around. And it kind of turns into, um, like a big sister, little brother scenario because she doesn't want him around, but she tolerates him being around and she's kind of mean, but also kind of helpful. It's, it's all not... within a five minutes of meeting each other. Right. The tone is just... very unclear. They have a very sort of solidified relationship dynamic <laughs> without ever having <laughs> met each other previous to this moment. So we cut over to the beach and we have Mitch and Sean. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Sean. Hey. Looks like you got everything covered. I'm going to go spend some time with Tanner, my foster son. Listen, I, I want to talk to you about Dawn Masterton. Problem? But she's not up to the level of the others, and I think it could hurt the team waiting till she catches up. I'm meeting her at the pool later on to give her a little test, and when she fails, I'd like to send her home. No, no, no. You give her some time. She's got skills, skills we need. Figure out how to keep it. All right. So from that conversation, we gain that kind of Sean is in control, but not really. It's still Mitch. Um, He's like, Sean, do what you think is best. Well, I want to send her home. Don't send her home. Actually, don't. She's got skills. They're multiplying. And (laughs) he's just like really... Mitch is probably enraptured by Don's sexuality. He's probably like, no, 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 keep it. We need those skills. We need those skills. We need those skills. I experienced those skills firsthand in Sri Lanka. Trust me, we need them. (laughs) (laughs) Good time. And we also, I mean, there's just a casual mention that Tanner is still his foster son. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of... Like, what was that about? I I guess guess maybe it's not an official adoption yet. So we learned that little tidbit as well. Which doesn't that mean he's... You get kidnapped because you can't have a foster kid and go. 
I just guess. send them on a plane by themselves anywhere. I don't think that's how it works. Mitch is above the law, so who knows? Well, we knew from Mitch's underground deli- mail delivery service that he's I know. Got, he I was, was a foster parent, and I couldn't take them two hours out of my town. But Mitch can do whatever the hell he wants and can fly his foster child. By himself. Completely by himself. To Hawaii. No supervision to Hawaii. And leave him. For the entire day. It took us not promoting months his case to be able to go well. out on a date because okay. we couldn't find a respite provider for two hours. But no, he can just leave him on the beach, whatever. Rules don't apply when you're Mitch. There's a necessary scene here that it provides an explanation for us about the America's Cup. Because I think Cadence and I were like, J.D., what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. Right. What's going on? And so... The writers are... Realize very quickly... We have nobody no knows what we're talking what about. Cup is. And so Numi, because he's wizened and experienced, he's a little older and yes, very wise and he takes Kikoa and Jesse under his little wings <laughs> and explains. This is what the American Cup is. Okay, Numi, you know about this stuff. Does JD really have a chance of making the team? Well, a couple of thousand guys start off racing sailboats. They train, they work out. If they're good enough. They make it to the next level. Which is? The very top of the heap are the international guys. And above them, the very elite. Those are the guys that crew the America's Cup boat. Wow. Do you think we can take the scarab and go out and watch? Sure. Let's go. Great. And so then they decide to take the iconic yellow lifeguard boat out. And Um, take, I guess, like... The scarab? The scarab. Yes. The scarab. I didn't know how to name until just now. And they're going to, like, I don't know, like stop jd when he's training like that's the last thing you want someone right. to do when you're having an audition or a not an audition what he's having out. a tryout last thing you want is people like hey look at us just riding beside them distracting them <laughs> from the one thing they have to do well yep so sounds right we just want to be clear that the next 20 to 35 minutes is just footage of jd auditioning i keep saying auditioning trying out to be part of the america's cup which is a lot of just spinning a little wheel and it's and also an exorbitant amount of close-ups of men's thighs so many so many beautifully men's glistening thighs. men's thighs tanned Which, not men's complaining thighs. equal not opportunity objectification all. but it is going on for an uh, an insanely long amount of time i mean we tried to decide how many actual written pages of this script there were we came up with at the most five <laughs> <laughs> five for dialogue this episode is a little all over the place with script and dialogue later on down the beach this could be hour 12 that who knows <laughs> tanner has been on the beach with this girl surfing and hidden in the trees above the beach <laughs> is mitch and jesse O looking at him and watching him the funny thing is though <laughs> Is Jesse O was just on the boat with just uh, on the scarab, <laughs> stalking on, JD. So I, she <gasps> continuity Maybe doesn't it make is any sense. Just like Star Trek. Maybe they did zoom. Maybe them. I did make a joke too soon because they are beaming back they can and just forth. Because obviously time, time makes and space, no sense in don't this. exist in Hawaii. So we're gonna play a little pit tidbit just so we get a little bit more information about Tanner and Mitch's relationship. Looks like Tanner's found a friend. Yeah, well, he needs lots of them. He's had a rough life for a long time now. He's due for a little diversion. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, bro! Is that why you brought him here to Hawaii? 
that and a couple other reasons. Yeah! All right, Tanner! He got on that one pretty good. So have you gotten legal custody yet? Almost. Everything takes forever. Being single has caused a lot of delays. He's still at the foster home waiting for the courts to sign off. Here he goes again. Look at him. He's the most resilient kid I have ever seen. All he needs is a chance. I just want to get him out of the system before he completely eats him up. I wish I could do something to help. Me too. But this is one I have to work out myself. Let me know, okay? I will. And from that, you can see, yeah, he's not fully adopted yet. So that's weird. He has definitely taken him across state lines illegally. At and this it, point, it's verified. And I think, like, if he goes back to, like, they're going to be like, how was Mitch? And he goes, well, he left me on the beach for 12 hours <laughs> with no food or money. Or anything, any kind of plan. Right. We had to, if a, if a foster child literally got a scratch, you had to fill out an incident report and you had to talk about where they got the scratch. If you put a bandaid on the scratch, what was the cause? Can you imagine filling out the incident report for this trip? He's like, I just dropped him off and left him for 12 hours with no food, no water, nothing. It's not, Mitch, you need to re reevaluate your priorities. <laughs> There's also this vibe that you get in this conversation with Mitch and Jesse that he's very much using his foster parenting as a way to be adored by females. Yeah, he's it's just a little creepy. Every woman that he can find. Um, I'm a foster parent. We are meeting JD and Sean at the beach, and this is after JD's tryout. And Sean's like, hey, buddy, I'm here to cheer you up. But plot twist. Thanks for picking me up. No problem. How'd it go? I am whipped. Physically, emotionally whipped. Those guys are incredible. They go so hard. And that was just practice. I can only imagine what it's like in a race. Well, I admire your guts taking a shot trying out for something like this most amazing thing the sound the sails snapping the lines creaking all that noise at least you did what most of us can only dream about you crewed in america's cup boat right i did more than that i made the team you what i made the team <laughs> well that that's great jd my god congratulations that's amazing Think I came down here to cheer you up. Now, now I gotta throw you a going away party. Turned him down. You turned him down? Yep. Made a commitment here first. To Mitch, to the team, to you. All right. I'm, I'm gonna try and talk you out of it. You couldn't. Like it or not, I'm on this team until we finish what we started. Let's get out <laughs> But plot twist. He made the team. Right. And he's like, well, as you can hear from that conversation, he made it, but he's not going to take it. I also... Which I'm like, dude, you wasted a whole day, got everyone all worked up, and you... What was the point of this, JD? Right. You got everybody worried. A, number one, everybody had to get a lecture about the America's Cup. <laughs> but then you also got um, Sean worked up that he was going to have to replace you on the team. You spent a whole day out there, and then you're like, <laughs> I'm just right back to square one. He just wanted to know that he could do it. Right. Maybe that's maybe that's JD's working, because that was a big load of bullshit. 
from the get-go, there's been this really interesting sort of, um, I feel like, homoerotic undercurrent with J.D. and Sean. And this conversation mm-hmm. sort of solidifies that because he goes, I was out there all day riding hard with those guys, but I made this <laughs> commitment to you, so I'm staying. And I love it. I feel like he's saying, I played the field, and I'm coming home. Coming back just to you, buddy. Just to you, Shawnee. So, then we're... Wait, did you already stop it? Mm-mm. Oh. So we can just cut that. Mitch is continuing to patrol the beach as part of his indefinite work day. And he comes across Allie to once again casually work in that he, he is, is a foster father. Hey, you. Hey. Mitch, you should have been out there today. Seen us do those jet ski pickups. I have muscles aching that I never even knew I had. Chance you've seen Tanner in the last hour or so? Yeah, he's he's over there surfing with a pretty little girl. Well, he was. Do you want me to help you look for him? No, no, no. It's nothing. It's just that, you know, he's on vacation and I'm working and I'm... Uh... He's an overprotective father. It's oh, so sweet. I'm sure he's okay. Probably right. Anyway, thanks. Christine, let me know. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. I keep trying to do it. <laughs> so sweet. I also like to know where my great 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 grandchildren are at any <laughs> given moment. <laughs> oh, Allie. So it's getting dark, and I guess Mitch finally decides, well, maybe I should go pick up Tanner. <laughs> I and then he pulls up into the beach that Tanner's at in a like a Jeep, like one of the Baywatch Jeeps. So I'm guessing he's just been driving around the island looking for him because he has no idea, no way to communicate with him. So after an indefinite amount of time, at least 12 hours, it's getting dark. He finally finds Tanner um, running with the wild dogs of the island. <laughs> Collecting coconuts. Food. <laughs> making a fire. No, he finds Tanner and Tanner immediately before they can even say, hi, how's your day? He runs up and goes, oh my gosh, dad, dad, this girl that I've been friends with, this sassy 13-year-old girl, she's going to kill herself. So she wants to die. This is... And this is where we learn a big part of this little subplot. Girls got cancer. Dad! Dad! Hey, where you been? I was worried about you. You gotta come quick. She says she wants to die. Uh, calm down, calm down. I said, what happened? Dad, she finally told me. She's going to a hospital in Houston tomorrow for treatments. Dad, she's scared. I would be too. Does she have any family? No mother or father. Where is she? Uh, out past the reef break. All right, calm down. Go back to headquarters and tell them I may need backup. I'll go talk to her, okay? Okay. Oh, yeah, like on top of it, he says, she, dad, dad, she wants to die. She wants to kill herself. She has no mother or father. Hi. So it's two wild kids just Seriously. on the beach. She got the Blue Lagoon happening on Waikiki <laughs> Beach. But sorry, she wants to kill herself because she's got cancer. Which isn't funny. Which is not funny. It's just an interesting way to drop that tidbit of information yes. that she has no father or mother and, and they've both been surfing all day without any supervision life. and she also wants to i think kill herself in the waves right. because she has to go to houston tomorrow for cancer treatment which doesn't mean that you're going to it's hard but girl's got a lot of fight in her i don't know if she should just give up this early that's um, what i feel that's what cadences feels and guess who else feels that way mitch, mitch. So Mitch paddles out. He's like, hey, girl, what's going on? They have this really good 
father-daughter type talk. He tells also, he tells Tanner, as you heard in the clip, to go back to headquarters and get help. And I'm like, so is he telling his nine-year-old child to jump in the Baywatch Jeep and drive? I, it doesn't. Who and knows? like this deserted beach. So I guess Tanner's just barefoot running down the road to the main, <laughs> to Waikiki, trying to get some help. Trying to get some backup in and the dark. And Mitch is just out here, yeah, having this conversation. And this is where we really learn, like, again, Mitch is so wise. He's just like, there's nothing yeah. this guy can't nothing talk can't through do. or do. And it just re-solidifies everything nice that night, we huh? love about Mitch. I suppose you're Tanner's father. Yeah, I am. He sent you out. He told you everything. Tell me a little. Did he tell you that I'm already taking treatment? And how sick it makes me? No. I hate being sick. I know. So you are going to kill yourself instead of hanging around to die, right? What? Well, that's what Tanner said. He said you're so afraid of dying and he thinks you're going to try and kill yourself. I'm tired of being afraid. Tired of not knowing. I just wanted to stop. I don't even want to think about it. Just, I want it to be over. Well? Well, what? Oh, if you're looking for an answer, I don't have it. You're an adult. Adults are supposed to have answers. Be strong. Be brave. Everything's going to be all right. Don't worry. Those aren't answers, Tammy. Those are just stupid things adults say when they don't know what else to say. I don't want to go to Houston. Gotta go. Why? Well, because people like us were just not allowed to quit. That's why I know that you're going to go to Houston and you're going to get the treatment. You know what else I know? You're going to get better. Remember what you told Tanner? Face your fear, Tammy. You gotta face your fear. Ride the wave. Ride the wave. Um, one of the cool things about Mish's answer to this little girl is that he doesn't have any answers. Which, again... <laughs> just a magical just, surfing just, monk. It's just a little surfing monk. A little surfing Sasquatch monk. And he basically and essentially convinces her not to end her life. That that's probably not a good decision because she's 13 and has a lot of fight left in her. Following day, we're back at the airport with that Hawaiian Airlines. Just bright and sunny day. And Mitch and Tanner are there to like send this girl that they literally just met yesterday, convince her not to kill herself, off to Houston. gonna try and to you I have to thank you most of all with something special dad yeah do you mind it's kind of private oh yeah um I see a friend I have a safe flight with something special I want to give you something very special you mean a kiss that too. Now, what I really meant. Here we go. Awesome! Wow. Take good care of it. Oh, oh, I will, I will. But just until you get back. <laughs> just don't ding it. Bye. 
And it's this Which little is, heartfelt goodbye. But you have to ask yourself, who is she boarding the plane with? Who is paying for her treatments? How is she getting around in Houston? She's 13. She has no mother and father. Who, how did she get a plane ticket to Hawaii? How did she know she was sick? Who took her to the doctor in the first on? place? Yeah, it's just... So many questions. There's a lot of questions about this little girl and where she came from. But she gives Tanner a kiss on the cheek, which is like, woo, Yeah. And the best part is, is she leaves Tanner with a little gift, right? <laughs> and she's saying goodbye to him, and she's like, hey, I left you with a gift. And she points behind him, and there's, like, the pilot of the plane. The pilot with his is, pilot like, hat With his little everything. pilot hat and his, all his adornments, and he's holding a surfboard. Like, bitch, he's got other things to do than to hold your surfboard <laughs> for this kid. The plane's in so that he can come out and just stand here for the big reveal. Put the parking brakes on and is like, I'm happy to hold your damn surfboard It's not like I kid. have to do anything to check for safety of this flight. <laughs> I'd rather hold this safety board We're and wait delayed. for you to point at me. We're delayed two hours for this. but <laughs> All the people are on the plane like, can we just freaking go? And they're like, um, I'm so sorry, the pilot is outside on the tarmac. <laughs> Holding a surfboard. For the big reveal of a secret. <laughs> um, so he sends her off, and it's it's an emotional goodbye to the little girl. But it feels victorious, because feels Mitch victorious has taught her Mitch. how to ride the and wave of her fear. The wave of her fear, and he taught Tanner to also be a strong. He set right. a very good example for Tanner, which is right. what we need. The, the finale of this episode culminates, we're back where we started, poetic, at the giant Olympic swimming pool where we first met Don mm-hmm. Masterton. Mm-hmm. And we are at the match that has been challenged um, between Don and Sean. And not only is it um, just a, a brilliant moment and cinematically it's an experience because we get to watch an mm-hmm. underwater pool mm-hmm. scene and can't get enough of those okay we're gonna sit on the bottom with weights around our waist you're gonna work one end of the rope i'm gonna work the other if you go up for air first i go home that's right want to prepare your excuses now while you prepare your apology <laughs> It's, it's literally also... two people sitting underwater, cross-legged, just pulling a rope back and forth, just to give a visual of how the, intense this the competition tension is. and the also the metaphor of the sexual tension. Yes, by them because they're looking in each other's this eyes, little rope dead in the eyes, and just yanking that rope back and forth furiously <laughs> makes me feel like a fifteen-year-old. <laughs> we think that like all over again. Maybe it's because you're supposed to be using energy. While you're holding your breath. So that's why you're tugging this rope back and forth. But they're literally, we can't express it. They're just tugging, looking into each other's eyes underwater. Right. And they were supposed to be there together. But surprise, the rest of the team's there watching them. They have their goggles on and they just put their head underwater and am watching them. They just gather around and all, but they're like in waist deep water. They put their goggles on. They all bend over and stick their heads under. And they're just like, don't it's mind like us. You can clearly see from the the top of the surface what's no, going on down there. This. You don't need to put your head under the water. It's not necessary. So mid tug of war, Sean, he <laughs> he blacks out because everyone just blacks out. And but he, again, underwater with his breath held, he blacks out. And 
Dawn is like, holy shit. And she pops up and she's like, Crow, Tim, he's blacked out. Come help. And she goes back under the water. You guys, she shakes him under the water. <laughs> this is a lifeguard technique. You just shake them till they gasp and she wake up. She doesn't bring him up out of the water. She shakes him under the water. He opens his eyes and she is scared out of her mind. And then they surface. And Sean's like, pulling a Mitch. Gotcha. Gotcha. And we'll play this little clip for you. Help me quickly. He blacked out. You scared the daylights out of me. That was a reminder. The most lethal hazard that a lifeguard can encounter is the victim. Always proceed with caution. So you didn't black out? No. Then I guess I lost. No, no, you did what you were supposed to do. You acted like a lifeguard. So I stay? For now. So you can see, all she needed to do to be part of the team was literally yell for help. I cannot get over this because Sean's like, earlier, like, I would love to cut her from the team. And Mitch is like, don't. Find a way to keep her. Find a way to keep her. And this is a way that Sean finds to keep her. He pretends to black out and see if she will call for help. It's the baseline. (laughs) It is the baseline that any human, not even lifeguard, just the baseline that any human would do is ask for help. And keep in mind. She's training to be on elite squad. She doesn't grab him and pull him to the surface. No, she doesn't pull him to the surface. She shakes him, pops up, asks everyone who's gathered around to help her. And literally just yells, ah, oh my gosh, help. (laughs) Employs no rescue technique No rescue technique. And he's like, you did what you needed to do. You You screamed frantically. (laughs) You did what a lifeguard (laughs) would do. And she's like, Thai win? And like, then the episode just ends. So weird. And that's the end I of the episode. I cannot stop laughing about, like, that's the bare minimum. The bar was so low that he had to manufacture this Turned out any of us can be lifeguards. Never mind if you shook someone underwater and they were blacked out. As soon as they came to, they would inhale, like, unconsciously. And so he would immediately inhale lungs full of water. Never mind. I mean, all the technicalities. Throw them out the window. All she had to do was be like... <laughs> you acted exactly like a lifeguard. So I'm the best? So I win? You're the best. Get on this team. So yeah. now I think Dawn has entered this team, and we are going into a new era of Baywatch <gasps> Hawaii. <laughs> 